I had a million dollars. Hot dog! I'm Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and expose strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges with blemishes and all. Like many, Dina Braverman has OCD. To her, it's her secret sauce for success. 10 years ago, she took this talent and formed Organizing Concepts and Designs. It's a professional organizing service whose value is immeasurable for the freedom it provides. As you listen to this interview, as a small business person, you will find comfort knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully, you'll learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Dina. Hopefully, you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life. We help people move forward. We are like the unbiased third party that comes in and really works with our clients to figure out, really, do you need to keep this thing? Why, why is this important to you? You know, we don't go through every item saying, do you love it? Do you need it? But we try to make sense of why it is they're keeping this stuff. And the way we do it, which is everything that we do, doesn't matter whether we're in the home, the office, the, the storage unit, is we empty it all out. That's the first step to everything so that these people can see what they have. So we literally take, if it's a closet, everything comes out. If it's the garage, everything comes out. Okay. Everything comes out and it's empty and it's all laid out in front of them, organized. So we will take it out and we might put all the gardening supplies together or all of the towels together if it's a linen closet, all the sheets together. So you see how many you have. And then you go through it and go, well, this isn't in good condition or I've never used this or I really never wanted that. It was a gift that I got, but I didn't know what to do with it. So we kind of lay it out for everybody to see then we start making decisions. So those decisions now are easier to make. Right. That makes perfect sense. You take away the, you, by, by, by putting it in a place like that, it, it almost takes away some of the emotion about it. And it gives them a chance to visualize what, it, what life would be like without the encumbrance of owning this thing they don't know what to do with. And it also shows them how much they have that they don't use, need, or want. Right, right. right. So and it, it becomes, oh, wow, like I didn't even know that that was in there. Like so that was is... up in the closet. I didn't even know that that was there anymore. Right. So, I still have that? <laughs> right, I, exactly. No, that's it. That's the foundation. You've got right. to clear it out. And that really is the first part of clearing it out. I want to try that again. I want to go to the psychology of this, Dina, okay? Because first of all, I can't help but notice the initials of your business is OCD, Organizing Concepts and Designs. I'm sure that's deliberate. It is very deliberate. Right. So are, are, you, are you a person that, I'll use the word suffers, but are you the person that's afflicted by or is proud of your OCD? I'm proud of it. <laughs> um, it has served me well. Uh-huh. As a child, I did not know what that was, nor did my parents. At that time, it wasn't a quote-unquote thing. Right. But as I grew up and I started doing whatever, you know, things I was doing, there, you know, they realized that this was not a normal or, you know, not normal. I wasn't crazy, but it wasn't something that a two-year-old would be doing, would be, you know, folding her socks instead of playing with her Barbie dolls. Right. And were all your Barbie dolls, were they, were they organized in, you know, by, by what they were wearing? Like here's, you know, by they were, yeah. And you know, <laughs> I spent more time organizing the clothes and the accessories for the Barbie than I did playing with them. Listen, there are people that have OCD and it manifests itself 
in many different ways. Right. For me as a child, it started so that I could have control of my surroundings. You know, you have parents and a brother and everybody's older than you and telling you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what the right way to do it is. But when it's your stuff and you can do whatever you want with it, it gives you a sense of power. It gives you a sense of control. So I saw that that worked with my stuff. Right. And, and it worked for me. And so when my outside world was out of control, my inside world became more in control through organizing. Got it. When I started in the legal industry, when I was 20 years old, I found that my OCD organizational skills, which is how my, my OCD manifests itself, was really powerful because everything in the legal industry has, is, is on a time frame. Everything is a deadline. So all day, every day, everything had to be just so. And so I was great at it because of my OCD. It was just a natural you know, uh, progression into the legal industry. Sure. Filing was always up to date. Everything was up to date because my OCD kicked into high gear. Right. And are you so, a person that obsesses? Like, so, so from a compatibility perspective, if you're with a coworker, for instance, that doesn't, have, doesn't share your, your uh, strength in that area, does that tend to bother you or do you just deal with it and you, yours probably does not manifest itself into an aggressive place. So you probably just roll with it, but I assume that could go the other way. Well, interestingly enough, I have found, and this is not the same with all organizers, but with my team, each of us has a touch of it in some place or another. So we all kind of, we all know our strengths and weaknesses. Right. And we utilize them in this business. Like, you know, for me, again, it's organization and, and deadline oriented and, you know, it, it's functionality. For some of my assistants, it's, it's um, um, the cleanliness part of it. Oh, right, right, right. And some of, for some of them, it's the, the minutia. Like, I'm not big on small stuff. Yeah. I like big picture some of them are, oh my God, no, this has to be this way. So we all have our own little issues. I call them little issues. And we all <laughs> work together to make the big picture work for our clients. So I want to just point out that as I'm talking to you and I'm watching, you seem amused by this, this tact I'm taking. And the reason I'm taking it is because well, uh, you come across to me super decisive. Like you're probably a real type A see a problem, solve a problem person, right? I am totally and, type A. Right. And, and that's, and I identify with that because that's the way I am too. See a problem, solve a problem. And I don't, I don't have the patience to uh, overanalyze, but, but, and I have to force myself by the way to have the patience because you do need to analyze things at times, but, but, but um, I see that, that, that quality in you. And I'll use the word quality because I share it. So, so. But I'm curious if that has any kind of compatibility issues. And here's the thing. I can imagine you having a husband-wife client and one person is a hoarder and the other person is not a hoarder. So and we then, see that all you, the time. And you come in and now you're, you become the judge and jury of what they get to keep and not keep. No, not true. Okay, not true. so how does that work? I'm not judge and jury. I am the... I'm almost like the mediator. I see. Okay? Number one is we do not work with couples at one time. We separate, oh, wow. we, we, we divide and conquer. So <laughs> if there was two people working, for instance, in a garage, yeah. where both people have stuff in the garage, 
I work with the wife, my assistant works with the husband or vice versa, and there's no back and forth. Anything that they don't know about that they can't make a decision about because it might be the wives or the husbands or it might have been purchased together gets set aside for later. Gotcha. Later in the day when most of the other stuff has been already purged and, and decisions have been made. Because then by the end of the day, they understand the decision-making process and it goes smoother and quicker. So when so, you, um, you must have come to that process from other, from things that have gone wrong and can right. you, anything you want to Yeah, share? Because look, you know, organizing is, is uh, for our business, we charge hourly. And the reason we charge hourly is because people, some people make quick decisions. Some people don't make quick decisions. I can't sit around for hours working with somebody who's not going to make a decision and pay and, and charge a flat rate. So I tell these couples, you know, you're on the clock, you know, we, we work hard and fast to make your job, your results, your goals happen. So we're going to try and push you along and help you make decisions that are going to be sometimes difficult because sometimes the possessions are sentimental and sometimes there's a, you know, a very, a very personal component to these items that I don't know if the gum wrapper on the floor was from the last piece of gum that somebody's great grandmother who they were very close to ate and they kept that purposely. So nothing gets thrown out without interaction from the people I'm working with, but nothing. So there's a lot of possessions in the garage or right. in a linen closet. So we need their, they're making the decisions, we're facilitating the process and it's a constant movement. I am very type A, so they see that we're working fast and furious to get their job done. When they start to get a little like, I don't know, hesitant, Right. And it becomes a process, I will have one of my assistants step in because I'm not as patient as they are. That's one of my my downsides. I because of my type A personality, sometimes I say, you know what? I'm not your girl right now. Work with Amanda, work with Kathy, work with whoever, right. and let them kind of help you through this a little slower than I am capable of. Right. And that's the beauty of having a team. Yes, right. You can yeah. have people with personalities. You're exactly right. Absolutely. Especially, I, this is a very emotional field. You know, like spend a, a lo many, many years in technology. It's not that emotional. Okay. Yeah. You know, you wanna, is my technology is about, you know, putting the processes in place to get the job done and keep the data protected and keep everybody right. on track. But, but you're, you're doing all of that and you're taking per people's personal lives. Everything has a story. Everything has, everything has a memory attached to it. You're treating it like a widget, you know, because right. to you, that's all it really is, is a widget. And you, but you're wise enough to realize that you're affecting people's lives from Absolutely. an emotional standard. And so, yeah, you have to do it that way. And it's so much more than, you know, obviously a linen closet's not emotionally charged. But when you I don't know. I've got some great towels I've stolen from <laughs> hotels over the years that have great memories attached to it. So I don't know about that. <laughs> well, the linen, the linen closet is one of the easier places, but then you get into the kids' room and the parents say, oh my God, that's what we took baby home in, you know, right. from the hospital. And that was his first pair of shoes. And that was the cutest outfit that my grandmother got him. So you get that. And then the garage is all the memorabilia, right? So that's all the pictures and, and the trophies right. and the stuff from the kids. So every area of the house has things around it that, but we have come up, it's taken 10 years of, of progression, but we have come up with some amazing alternatives to how to keep stuff. You don't always need to keep stuff in its original form. So tell us about that. What have you come up with? So let's just say, you know, I have one client, for instance, whose dad passed away and he had left 
all of his sweatshirts from high school. He was on a football team. He was very into football and got her into football. So he had all of his sweatshirts from high school, college, you know, being a sports fan. And they were in many, many, many bins. So we took the, the best of the best and we made her a quilt. Oh, that's a good so idea. Now, so now it's not in bins in the garage, which right. is stacked up for no one to wear, see, or use ever again. Right. And it's actually an item that she uses and loves. And it's with her in her living room, over her couch, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got bins and bins of, of children's artwork from kindergarten and, and before yeah. and, and after. And they're in bins and bins and bins in the garage. <laughs> you know, we can turn them into a beautiful photo book, if that's one option. Or, right. at the very least, take them out of the box that they're in, which is going to get destroyed by critters and or the weather. Right put them in an airtight, watertight box to preserve them so that one day their kids can have- Their kids can throw them away. <laughs> exactly, you're gonna keep right. it the right way. Is this, a, this like the photo book and the quilt? Do you have people that you, you do that? You, that's a service you provide or you orchestrate? We, we facilitate. So gotcha. we don't provide those services, but we bring in people like I know who to send the quilts to. Right. To, the sweatshirts right. to have the quilts made. I know who to call for the photo books. I know who to call to get the videotapes in eight millimeters and the reel-to-reel tapes to transfer them onto hard drives or CDs or DVDs or or to you know a computer. So you solve I the bring problem. Those people in. You solve the problem all the way through, though. You don't. So all the way through. That's really important because if especially if someone's procrastinating, you don't want to give them another task to do. You want to just handle. I it. take it away. Right. Got it. Okay. We take all it right. away. We take the donations away so they're not sitting in the garage. Right. We get the trash removed so that it's not sitting in the backyard yeah we're clearing out and we're figuring out alternative ways hey sometimes sometimes it's as easy as or not as easy but it's as simple as selling something right like i want this i don't need this but i just bought it and it costs a lot of money and i'm not willing to just give it away can you sell it so do you do a state you do estate sales also and even when there's not an estate sale because we know the value of things we will sell at private parties. So inevitably, if somebody has something that they don't want, if it has value over $50, because that's the breaking point, we'll, we'll try to sell it. And that's 80% of my business, is clearing out clutter for my clients and giving them a check for some of their stuff. <laughs> We're gonna take a short break and be right back. You may remember Janice Miller of Miller Haga Law Group from our episode, Saving Nigel in season one. Miller Haga supports businesses of all sizes, from large to small. No matter what phase your business is in, from startup to wind down, Miller Haga Law Group acts as your innovative general counsel. Their experienced team of lawyers will keep the gears of your business turning. If you want to minimize your liability while maximizing your profits with competent and efficient counsel, contact MillerHaga.com for more information. That's MillerHaga, H-A-G-A.com. Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crises, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID conscious trainers to keep their members active even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to Special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. 
Document technology continues to be a challenge for businesses as they go back and forth from working remotely to working in-house. One of the challenges facing management is that documents need to be shared they also need to be secure. There's privacy issues, there's access issues. Those are the types of things that keep people up at night. Mercury Document Imaging has been solving problems like these since 1982. We are in the unique position to leverage our years of experience with our tremendous resources to solve this and other similar problems. We do it economically, more importantly, we do it efficiently. So if you have issues that you'd like us to help with, please call 818-782-1221 or go to mercurydoc.com, M-E-R-C-U-R-Y-D-O-C.com. Welcome back. I'm Joel Volk. You're listening to Small BizCast, where I'm interviewing Dina Braverman of Organizing Concepts and Designs. So I remember when my mother passed away, a couple things. I remember my mother had uh, a shelf of Hummel figures when I was a kid. My parents were kind of simple people. They didn't have a lot. So these were very dear to her. She collected these when she was, I think, before she was married and a little bit after she got married. And she had all these Hummel figures, which I used to just think were just these really weird dust collectors. And when she passed away, I really thought they were probably worth a fortune. They're, you know, 70 years old and they were. Because you were led to believe that. Yeah. And, and they were precious. And I signed up, they're almost worthless. Almost worthless. And, yeah. I, and I remember feeling really disappointed, not because of the money side, just because my mother coveted them and they really didn't have the value that, that should have been there because of how much my mother coveted them. I ended up mailing them to several of her friends as mementos of my mom. Perfect. And, and that was Perfect. a really nice thing. And I remember my, there was also a... Um, there was a picture that my parents bought on their honeymoon. And it was this picture of these two dancers that were like resting after they had danced. And there was, it always scared, as a little boy, I remember there was, there was a, a part of it that looked like a dog, a mean dog. It was like the neck of, it was the abstract section. And as a little boy, I, all I could see was this mean dog. And that photo, that picture scared the crap out of me my whole childhood. And I never wanted it, but they had it their whole lives. And, and so I didn't want to just throw it away or donate it and never see it again. But the last thing I wanted to do is put it in my home. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do. And I certainly didn't want to give it to anybody I loved. <laughs> and I remember trying to pawn it off of my sister and she was like, you know, put up two fingers yeah. and a cross and says, get that thing away from me. And so I ended up just taking a photo of it and then donating. Exactly. And so, so, and so if I ever want to scare people, I show them that picture. <laughs> and that's an option, you know, right. taking a picture, you know what they say, take a picture or last longer. Right. You know, <laughs> you can take a picture, you can donate, you can offer it to a family, fa a friend or family member you can donate it. And if it has value, you can try to sell it. There are right. so many different options out there, you know, that, that we have, again, that we have figured out over the years on how to process all of this stuff. And a lot of people won't let things go because they don't want it to be put in landfill. Right. So one of the things that we try to really emphasize with our clients is that if it doesn't have to be in landfill, in our company, it won't land in landfill. We recycle responsibly. The metal is put someplace. The paper is, is recycled responsibly. The boxes that we use are recycled time and time and time again until they can no longer be used. You know, we donate to so many different charities that people don't even know are out there. So you, you know, really are a comprehensive solution for all of this because you, you really take away all the negativity yeah. From this experience, I mean, at least as much as possible. Yeah. Right. I mean, we go in and we tell people, they're like, well, what are you going to do with all the food? Are you just going to throw it away? And I said, well, if it's not expired, we'll take it to a food bank. Yeah. 
and all the little toiletries that they've accumulated over yeah. the years. I see this a lot in seniors' homes. Is right. you know uh, the small, tiny little things from hotels. Mm-hmm. Well, we bring them all over to um, a charity that sends these things overseas to our veterans. So there are so many different needs for so many of these different items okay, that so we can distribute. So the other day, I was trying to organize our um, refrigerator, and I came across the world's largest supply of takeout condiment packages that my wife has been hoarding. Well, we saw some that said from 2015. Okay, so so you, you got to throw that away, right? You can't donate that, right? You know, there are certain things that really don't have an expiration. It's They have a best if used by date, but right. they, they don't have an expiration. I was just trying um, to make, I was just trying to make fun of my wife a little bit here. That was a joke, honey. Anything, anything that's over a year, uh-huh. you know, other than you know certain things that can last lot that long, I throw away. But most of the stuff um, can be donated to food banks. They will ultimately decide if it's to be used or not. But if it's you know a canned good, you can go by the best by used date. Okay, so Dina, I have, to ask, I have to ask you, now that we're in this COVID quarantine disrupted time, how has that affected your ability to go into people's homes or their lives and do all this? I, gotta, I have to think you were disrupted dramatically by this. We actually, thankfully, have not been. So in April, when things are shut down, we shut down too until we figured out how we can move forward. Because so many of our services are really essential, we help people move and pack and unpack and move, there's still quite a lot of things that we could be doing to help our clients. We go in with our masks. We try to maintain a six-foot distance, especially with our clients, because really, most of the time, it doesn't require that we're that close. Right. You know? we, we don't need to be closer than six feet at any given time, even before COVID. And for all so I know, you were wearing we're masks just, before just to not inhale dust, I would think. Well, yeah, in a garage, we're wearing masks anyway, right? So right. masks and gloves. In the house, not so much, but now we are doing that when we're using masks. We're making sure that we wash our hands. We're making sure that we, you know, get that, that the windows are open. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. The windows are open. Drinking a lot of water, trying to stay healthy and respecting boundaries. And right. we are doing all of that. And so far... Thank God everything has worked out just fine. So now once I'm organized, I want to stay organized, right? Do you have a maintenance plan that you come in and you know, coach them? What do you, how, do you, how do you keep somebody whose nat- natural tendency is to be a hoarder or be disorganized? How do you coach them? Do you coach them moving forward? Okay, so we, we in the organizing industry don't refer to people as hoarders. We refer to them as people that hoard rather than <laughs> Because it's, we have to be politically correct, like uh, everything my, else now. Well, can I just and, can I just stop you then and make a mea culpa to our huge audience of people that people who hoard that I mean no disrespect. I, right. actually, I actually mean it lovingly. I've got dear friends and you know I, I, some of my best friends are hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go again. Oops, I did it again. Sorry. There you but go I mean, again. No, I mean no, no disrespect at all. It's really. Something I I understand. It's a. It's and a, the thing is also people refer to people as quote unquote hoarders when they're really not. There really is a thing, and there's a scale. Actually, there's a scale, and there's an entire industry surrounding hoarding. Right. And it's really it's really it's it's a difficult situation. But you know, people that are collecting and not throwing away. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's tendencies there. But most people 
the population of hoarding is not as big as you would think it is. Okay. So, so when we go into someone's house, first and foremost, we work around their goals. It's not okay. about what we want. It's about what they want. Okay. And so, so the first thing is obviously they want us to, there's some kind of organizing component, right? Then there's the, well, we have too much stuff. So we put systems into place. When we empty out that area, remember I said in the beginning of our, of our conversation that first, the first way to, the only way to start is to empty everything out. Right. When we put things back, we're putting things back into a system. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. It's a linen closet. We've taken out the sheets and the towels. And in there we find things like medication. Right. Or we find a basketball or we find a random sock because it got combined with the laundry and it wound up in there. We put systems in place so that whoever lives in that household knows what should be put into this closet. Maybe by use of, of pretty baskets or bins, maybe uh-huh. by labeling shelves, Right. but certainly by putting like with like so that people can visually see, oh, this is where the towels go. Oh, this is where the sheets go. A, f- a football does not belong in there. It should be intuitive. When I organize a business, I, I operate under the, there's a place for everything and everything in its place. And that's, exactly. that's what you're describing here. Absolutely. I find that a little bit impractical when it comes to a home because I may want you know, scissors and scotch tape in a few places during the house because I don't want to have to run all the way down to a different room when I need scissors and scotch tape or something like that. So I find right. it a little bit more difficult to do that in a home than I would in a business. But in general, you're creating a place for everything and everything in its place. Yes, but that doesn't mean it can't have multiple places. Okay. So if that was, if I was working with you and you, and again, it's your goal and you tell me that, I would find something, some box, some basket, some, some kind of container to have those items. Maybe if you have two floors on each floor in a designated right. space so that you knew where to get it so that you don't have to go all the way down to the kitchen to get those items. Right. It's right. about functionality. It's about accessibility and it's about efficiency, right? It's not just about making it look nice and clean and neat. So what if I'm moving into a new home? Do you come in and make suggestions for where, where, where I should start? So, uh, well, let's, so I'm, let's say I'm just, I'm just moving from just a house to another house, not downsizing, not just making a lateral move. But, you know, the kitchen now looks different than my old kitchen. Do you help decide, you know, this is where the glasses and plates should go and this is where the silverware should go, et cetera? Right. So when we're hired to unpack, which is seriously one of our best best jobs. That's what we love the most okay. because we start from a clean slate. Oh, it must be fun. We get to create a home, <laughs> yeah. a, ho- a household that works for the family that is both efficient, effective, productive, and functional. Right. So, you know, you, we have to look at the, the kitchen. We, we unpack, we lay everything out. We see how much is there. We see how much space is in the kitchen. We see where the electronic outlets are where, where, so yeah. that we know where the coffee machine might go. And we put the coffee machine there. And then, of course, the mugs are going to go right near the coffee machine, right? And the utensils are going to go near the stove. And I got to write this down. Wait, hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, so we do that. We unpack yeah. in usually one to two days as if they've never lived anywhere else. Only this time it's more organized. Right. So everything kind of makes sense. It's intuitive. And again, we do defer to you as the client to help us figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. But we do have to take into account all of these things, somebody in a wheelchair is not going to want stuff on a high shelf. I was just going to mention high shelves, high shelf, you know, for people who, who are short, you, you obviously right. have the, 
you got to do it differently than someone who could reach a shelf that's higher. So Right. A child can't read a label. We might have to put a picture of what that means to a child. Oh, wow. So, you know, if we have a bin of trucks. We have a picture of trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're unpacking for little ones, we can't exactly hang their stuff up on a, um, a rod that they can't reach. We right. may have to install some hooks so that they can reach it. So mm-hmm. it's all based on functionality. And it's got to make sense. Right. So, and sometimes we have to work within the confines of the new storage space because if you're moving from one house with a lot of storage and into a new house with different storage, we have to accommodate that. So, so we will you, give you so wait so we will give you a list at the end of the day yeah. of all these items that we're seeing that we don't have. I see. You know. So and then we'll give you a list of these things that you need to have, and either we'll order it or go buy it or you can go buy it. And we'll come back and implement. So I think you should have your own reality show. <laughs> so many people have said this. I think it'd, it'd be just so interesting to see, you know, the, the you in motion kind of, you know, I could just see it or, or, you know, remember that, uh, remember that, um, that show um, where the two people switched homes and remodeled each other's homes. Yes. 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 They should do the same thing with organizing, you know, let's, 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 I'll come into your house and organize your house. You come into my house and organize my house and see if we can, that would be such a fun show to watch. <laughs> there are some, you know, the, the, the home makeovers where people walk in yeah. and they see the house for the first time with all the new furniture. Yeah. There are times when I send people who are completely nervous or, or at the, the opposite spectrum, so chill that yeah. they don't care. Right. And I'll say, you know what? Go to the movies. Right. And back back before COVID. Yeah. Go to the movies. Come back around three because I'm going to have some questions. Right. But let me just set up your house. Right. If you don't like it, I'll move things around. And yeah. they come back to a house that is done. Right. And, and they're like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. Why right. didn't I think of this before? Right. It's, it's such a joy to watch people walk into a new house, not walk into a sea of boxes. Yeah. Freaking out, like, what am I supposed to even, where do I even start with this? And we just love it. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the actual business for a second, okay? So how, how are you organized? You said you have a team of people. How many people are in your team? Post Pre-COVID, I had eight. Mm-hmm. Post-COVID, I had six. We lost a few to the uh, unemployment gig. Okay. Um, but we're really doing fine. And we have people on our team that specialize. So um, my one of my assistants specializes with people that have hoarding tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my girls is just a photo organizer. So anything that has to do with photos, slides, reel-to-reel, eight millimeters, VHS tapes, anything to do with that, she handles. Um, and it's a free consultation, and she comes and figures out how long it'll take, how much it'll cost, what's the best way to move forward, and she handles all of that. I have one person that's strictly admin. So, how, um, so, so you, don't, you don't all go out on, on one job together unless it's a really big job. You put people on independent daily tasks, correct? Sometimes. So if, if it's a big job, it's all hands on deck. Right. Other than my admin and photo person, everybody else is on deck. And do you the have photo a... photo girl only does photos. The admin guy only does admin. But everybody else is can organize anything in any way. But they have subspecialties. So you're, you're in Southern California. The reason I asked that, are you at all seasonal? Do you have a busy season and a slow season? You're it's all year round. Uh-huh. Gotcha. What Thankfully. About, what are you get, do you get busy around different, like the end of the month when people tend to move or it doesn't really matter? So different seasons bring in different kinds of organizing. So s- spring and summer is usually busier 
with moving, relocations, packing, unpacking, moving. Right. Uh, Christmas time is about uh, purging to because everybody's going to be bringing in more stuff, more gifts. Um, they want their guest rooms to be organized for their company. Yeah. They want the houses to look good. They sometimes need to go through the Christmas ornaments, get them down from the rafters in the attic. So they need help sorting through that. But each season, uh, January, major offices because people want to start off the new year on the right foot. So you have repeat business then. You have people that call oh, every you know, 10 years. Exactly. I have clients that are with me for 10 years. Right, right. And so I assume you get a lot of your new business from referrals. Yeah. How but else? like, but, but, but the, for the repeat business, it's the repeat, it's the same thing. Like every January I go in and I put in all the new files for that year. Oh, I see. And, then that, and that's quarterly. That's a maintenance, that's a maintenance thing quarterly. They come in and they make, you know, make sure that everything's going well, make new files as needed purge things that they didn't know what to do with and do the filing for them. Right. And then, so that, that repeats the people that are clutterers mm. have becoming quarterly as well to keep the clutter down. Right. You know, so there's always repeat business. Do you use technology in your business for booking appointments? How do you keep ahead of the technology curve? Oh, that's a tough one, Joel. That's a tough one. <laughs> I'm pretty old school. Yeah, and I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I am the calendarer. <laughs> I'm the scheduler. The <laughs> I'm the calendarer. Gotcha. And the reason why is this. You know, I could probably have clients schedule online a consultation, but that's all. Because there are so many moving parts to each of my jobs, yeah. there's too many people. Because on a typical job, I'm bringing in somebody to... Uh, buy things. I'm bringing in a, sh a company to pick up the shredding. I'm picking, I have a donation company to pick up the donations, right. a toxic waste removal to pick up the paint and the other toxic waste. I have the haulers picking up the trash. There are so many moving pieces to my jobs that I have to be able to, to navigate the calendar by myself. Right. And when, by the way, just getting back to that. So if I'm the client, do I get one bill from you that covers all those things and you handle all the um, moving parts to do it? Or do you, do they build the, do those services build the, the, the client uh, directly? Depend. Every client has a different situation. If they want to pay by, if they want to pay by credit card, typically they pay that client, the uh, vendor directly. Gotcha. If they don't care and they want to just Venmo or send me a check, I'll pay for it. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, whatever, make, whatever makes them happy. Right, right. It doesn't matter. Because ultimately, that's what you're really doing is you're taking, you want to take away the clutter, the emotional clutter, as well as the physical clutter. Sure. We want to make it as easy as possible for them to do what they have to do. So right. I front the money and I get paid back. I submit invoices and, and receipts and what have you, and they just reimburse me. So there, I know there are probably a plenty of competition, but I don't think you have competition that does things the way you do it. You seem to have a much more comprehensive problem-solving process to me. Is yours a business that can be replicated and maybe franchised or grown? I'm just trying to think of how the future of your business can can continue. Right. Everybody wants to grow their business. You know, our jobs, our jobs as um, CEOs is to uh, fill the bucket. So we're at capacity, but then create, continue to keep growing capacity so we can continue to grow our business. So, so it sounds like with, you know, a team of six people, you have, you know, 48 hours a day to sell essentially. And so how do you grow that business? And to grow that business, how do you, you have to increase capacity. But as you said, you're kind of a control person. And so you're going to have to let go of some control to let that happen if you want to grow your business. And by the way, you may not want to, and that's perfectly fine. But if you were to grow your business, I'm trying to think of how you might do that and replicating it, creating a, um, 
you know, creating a process that can be franchised might be something that you might think about. Now, I'm curious if you've given that name. So, you know, I've thought about that. And as I get, as my company, you know, gets older and I get older, I think about how, how to not only grow it in, in manpower, but how to grow it so that I can one day sell it and so that it has value and so that somebody else can really take over. That's a big project for me for this coming year. I've joined, uh, you know, I've, I've hired a coach and I've joined a mastermind to help me get there. But the foundation is putting systems in place, which right. I have. The systems right. are in place. Somebody, if I, God forbid, got sick or left the country for a couple of weeks, somebody could run my business because there are systems in place. Right. But I find that getting the business, which is mostly me, is me and 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 my personality, my my drive, my connections, right. and and the way the way I function. So I would think that any franchise that would come in, if I got my systems in place and I got everything else in place to to do that, they would have to really understand that they are the business. when you're when you own a small business such as mine. The owner is responsible for getting the business. I have sent out people in the past to do marketing for me. It doesn't work. No, you're going to be your own champion. You're going to be your own champion. But yeah. I, the coaching that I'm helping people do is exactly what we're talking about, is to help people find those processes, document them, find ways to teach people that may not have not, not know how to present themselves to present themselves and network better. And I think that can easily be duplicated. Yeah. Personally. Systems, systems are everything, and right. systems work for a business, for a residence, for an office. Everything. If you have a system in yeah. place, you're going to find life is easier. And you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. How do you want to spend spend it organizing and looking for stuff, or do you want to spend that time with family and loved ones and doing something that you love to do? So, right. no matter what, it's systems. No matter what, it's less is more. And the truth is, when I tell my clients, and I speak to people like you, who say, you know, how do you differentiate your business from somebody else who's a professional organizer? And, and it comes down to this. It's, it's personality. Yeah. It's specialty. It's availability. It's price point, And it's services. And it's reputation. To, I think you have to have empathy and compassion in, in, in your mission. Absolutely. Mind. Because what you're doing is you're, you're – and we started out the interview talking about this, but you're really mixing emotion with pragmatism. Right. And, and, that's a, and that, those, that combination is often a dangerous combination unless the right person is, is orchestrating it. So right. you've clearly made a mark for yourself. You've clearly distinguished yourself among your colleagues and your peers. How Thank do people, how do people um, reach you if they want to uh, learn more? So they can look on our website, which is, organizingconceptsanddesigns.com. That's spelled and out. We're going, to have it on the, we're going to have it on the show notes, so um, that'll be there. That's perfect. So they can reach us to the website. There is a contact page. There's also a, a ton of interviews and videos, before and after pictures, so they can really see what we do. There's an About Us page, which shows who works with us and what their specialties are. They could also call. Phone number is 310 560 Five zero six zero, and and of course you know they could email, they could yeah. text, they could you know I, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm wow. on Pinterest, I'm on Instagram, I'm everywhere. I was going to ask you so real quick before we close, tell us are you using social media to grow your business or to market yourself? 
So yes, not crazy marketing through social media, but we do have a presence in all media, social media platforms. Right. I send out a newsletter once a month. Uh-huh. I've been doing that for 10 years and that goes out to all of my social media channels. If there's something great to post, I post it. I do not inundate. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I post before and after pictures at least once a week. I also do things like this. I am a guest on podcasts. I do a lot of articles. I do. I write a lot of articles for a lot of different papers, share with their audiences. So I'm out there, but social media is not really one of the biggest ways that I get my business. Right. Gotcha. Because my clientele aren't finding me that way. I understand. I got to think you must be a natural referral source for a bunch of professions. I would think that social workers, attorneys, people who play for fiduciaries. Okay. I would think who else, who else is that? Real estate people, real estate professionals must be huge for you. They're my everything. Yeah, you're right. They're my everything. Right. Estate, you know, estate planning attorneys, trustees, because uh, your, your services, your services help all of those folks get their jobs done for their customers. Absolutely. So you're really uh, removing a speed bump to their to everybody else's success, and from both a personal and also professional perspective. And I do want to say that you know, organize for organizing and the services that we render, it's not a luxury. It's something that everybody in my opinion, will need at one point in their life or another, at some area where they hit a, br- a brick wall and go, I can't do this, or I'm not, I can't physically do it, mentally do it, whatever the, t- whatever the reason is, uh-huh. we go in and it's a one-stop shop for them to give us the job and we're the quarterbacks and we make it happen. Great. Thanks for sharing your story with us and your approach. You're really a fascinating guest and I'm glad you're on Small BizCast. And I want to encourage you you to uh, reach out to Dina for anybody that you love that needs her services. Thank you for having me. Dina, thank you so much for spending this time with me and telling your stories. I think one of the nuggets that I got that I drew from our discussion is that the value that we deliver is often totally different than the description of our services. And it's one of those things that we have to convey to people so they understand truly what they're buying. I think you did a great job of describing that. And I think you did a great job of teaching our listeners a perspective that they could do the same. To our listeners, I want to show my appreciation. Thank you so much for your feedback, your suggestions. I listen to them. I take them to heart and I appreciate that you take the time to give them to me. I also want to thank those of you that share our episodes on Facebook and LinkedIn and any of your social media outlets. I appreciate that. And if you're so inclined, please go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a five-star review. It just helps us hit the top of the list when someone searches for something in in our arena and helps us grow the audience. I want to thank everybody for their support. I love doing small bizcasts. It's my favorite thing to do. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life. Barry Cohen of Jorgensen HR is our next guest. He's seen it all. He's a self-made entrepreneur superhero with three successful businesses under his belt. Barry has some great lessons to teach us. Here's a sneak peek. I think the problem a lot of businesses have is their sales and marketing efforts are cyclical. They don't do something for marketing every single day. And I never forget when I was in banking, the chairman of the bank whose office was less than 20 feet from where I sat for 20 years, would come through every day and go to to everybody individually, what'd you do for marketing today? What'd you do for sales today? You have to have a year annual plan of marketing and sales. Where am I now? Where do I want to go? And you have to have a monthly goal and a weekly goal 
and you have to have daily to-dos because otherwise you don't get there. Small BizCast drops every other Tuesday. Follow us on our socials for business tidbits and special offers. Thanks again for our sponsors, the Miller Haga Law Group and Mercury Document Imaging. And remember to support Fit for the Cause. And of course, thanks to my producer, Chaz Volk of Mr. Thrive Media. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much for listening. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life.